ourselves bare before your throne tonight you are worthy we exalt you tonight in this place we lift our voices we shout songs of home giving glory to the only most high God oh we love you tonight Lord what a mighty God you are in your extra people how great you are father how great you are Lord thank you father thank you for inhabiting our praise here tonight what an atmosphere, Lord. What an atmosphere. Lord, anything can happen in your presence. Oh, we have needs here tonight. Each one here, we have needs. And Lord, I know that you'll meet that need. Your word declares it. You promise to supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. We trust you tonight. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Help us, Lord, as we turn to the ministry of the word Lord I pray that you bring it forth in such simplicity with such clarity Lord that it builds us up so much higher in your realms of faith Lord and that you'll pile word on top of word to our hearts tonight that you would so clothe us and positionally place us Lord into your army and I pray Father that you would help us have the strong arm of faith to take that sword of your word sword of your spirit and slay every giant in the land let there be no fear in the heart of your people. Let not that enemy go unchallenged anymore, Lord God. But let us step out and not just bruise his head, but cut it off. Help us here tonight. Satan, you're defeated. Satan, we rebuke you and we bind you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get your hands off. Back away. You're defeated and you know it. You're defeated and you know it. Lord Jesus, move here tonight. Lord, at the close of this service, once your word has come forth, Lord, I pray you vindicate that before the heart of your people once again, that our hearts might be drawn nearer to thee, that we might surrender more to thee tonight. We love you and we worship you with our whole hearts. In your holy and mighty name, amen. 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 God bless you tonight. If you'll turn in your Bible with me to First Chronicles. <clears throat>
First Chronicles chapter 29. Tonight will be part three of weapons of our warfare. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 9. Everybody there? <clears throat> then the people rejoiced, for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thou art exalted as head above all. Can you say amen to that? Both riches and honor come of thee. Thou reignest over all. Is that the truth? And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. He said, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. For we're strangers before thee, sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days are on the earth as a shadow. There is none abiding. O Lord, our God, all this store that we are prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh out of thine hand and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of mine heart, I've willingly offered all these things and now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. You may be seated tonight. Thy people. Thy people. My goodness. <clears throat> My goodness, thy people. That'll make you smile tonight. I've shared that with you before at the end of a sermon that Brother Harold Hillebrand had sung there at Brother Eddie's missionary convention that he had ended it with singing, Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm a child of the king. Brother Eddie comes out after they've been singing that for a while, and he said, Can you imagine how much that pleases the Lord to hear you say that? To hear you say that, I'm a child of the king. I am his people. I am his reward. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, well, I posted to the WhatsApp page about Brother Samuel. I've not had the opportunity. I've not taken the opportunity yet to call him and, and work out details and things like that. Uh, we were sitting at the, uh, the funeral home the other day working out some details, and he had texted me that they got admitted and said, praise the Lord, and uh, what a mighty God. And he, like I said, he tried several years ago to, to uh, I can't remember telling me exactly what year he had said, and they were denied, and this time he and his whole family were approved and admitted. God is doing very special things, doing very special things, and, and not to be undone, but Satan's doing all he can too. Satan, he's coming in like a flood. Don't, don't, 
don't be just don't be um, your head in the sand and, and expect him not to. But he's coming in like a flood. But that's all right. God lifts a standard, and you hold on to that standard. I do want to say how much I appreciate the, the service that Brother William preached here and he pouring his heart out. That was such a blessing of the Lord. And there's a lot of things that, that, that he and I talked about Friday night and Saturday before we didn't have a lot of time to talk after he preached Saturday night, just a little bit that morning. But <clears throat> the things that God had, had on his heart, and he's telling me things verbatim that he don't know that we've been going through, that we've been fighting, that we've been struggling with verbatim, word for word. And I didn't say nothing. I wanted to see how far he'd go, what the Lord would show. And I, and I told Joseph and Aaron before service Friday, Saturday night that, that with all that we've been going up against lately, God has sent someone to help us. Amen. He sent someone to help us. Now, what God did on Sunday and went Saturday night and Sunday, it, it, it is such a wonderful thing. And again, every time the Lord does something, Satan's right there at his hand. Satan's right there trying to do something. Saturday night before service, there was a demon up here scratching on this window. On the inside. Black demon scratching on the window on the inside. And one of the sisters cast it out real easy. Made it leave. Tried to come back a little bit later, run it off again. That's just the one that was seen. I don't think there was just one. I think because Satan don't just come one. Satan sends a whole horde. Don't get scared now. This is your enemy. This is your enemy. Don't get scared. If God be for us, if God be for us, who can be, if God be for us, come on now, who can be against us? Who can be against us? None. Now, a few Sundays ago, I don't know if it was three or four Sundays ago, was sitting here in service, and I've shared this with some of you that <clears throat> typically I get here a little bit after 8 o'clock on Sundays, and I just come up here and spend time in prayer that Sunday, Aaron had beat me by at least five, six, ten minutes, something like that. And he was in here. I came up to the altar and was praying. And he had a song playing. It was a good song, but it was singing and like that. And I was trying to pray, and I couldn't enter into my prayer. And I asked him, I said, would you change over to our instrumental? And he changed over to our instrumental. I thought maybe it's just because of the words I can't enter into, into the, 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 the spirit of prayer. And, and so we did. And then I'm still there, and I just can't get in the spirit of prayer. And, and then I go back, and I thought, I'm going to turn it way down low. Turn it just way down low. And so I did that, and I come back up. It was in my prayer, and it still took some time, but I was able to enter into that spirit of prayer. <clears throat> I tell you all this for a reason. So I go back, everybody gets here, I go back and sit down, and as soon as Bethany started playing, the music coming out of that speaker was piercing my ears. Piercing, not just offending, but piercing my ears. I had no idea what it was. I know that we've got new powerful speakers, but <clears throat> it was not ordinary. Now, after what happened Saturday, that makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So you think about how that, just to be real honest and blunt and plain tonight, how Satan's been fighting this assembly in the last couple months. How he's coming against each one in one way or the other, trying to tear us each one apart in every which way. And even so much so that, that he would try to frustrate, irritate, or manipulate one way or another to get you to separate and divide. Because that's how you conquer is you divide. That's how you conquer is you separate them. Get two apart because even if you took Old Testament rules, one will chase a thousand, two will put ten thousand down, it's in their best interest to get you torn apart. It's in their best interest. So if there's anything like that going on, you should shake yourself and say, no, that's the devil and I put my foot on his neck. 
And we come in tonight and was looking at the word of the church. And the word of the church, and it's up at the very top. Brother Brown was making that statement. He said, you're one real big, sweet, loving group right now. He said, but Satan will not let you stay that way. He will not let you stay that way. He will come in. He will shoot someone with poison. Anything he can do, some critics, some unbelievers, whatever it might be to try to tear you apart. This is warfare. Why would he not? People have been doing this for the art of war for thousands of years. You separate your opponent. You get them cut off. You separate them. Make them feel like they're alone. All off by themselves. No one there to help. You're not alone. You're not alone. You have soldiers sitting beside you to fight with you. You have people that will bow their knees in prayer and lift you up to the throne. That way that Satan will get his hands off of you. You're an army. You're in an army of the Lord. You're called to war. That's where a lot of people that claim the depth of the message, they get themselves lax and lullabied out and they'll just sit here and we'll just hum and sing Kumbaya to the rapture. It don't work that way. It does not work that way. That is the devil putting that on them because if he keeps you from fighting, guess what? He ain't got to fight. I say this all the time. The more and more that you're manifested as a creation of God, as the wife expressed attribute of his very person, the more and more you're expressly manifested and declared, Satan hears that clock getting faster. Tick, 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 tick. Its end is a lake of fire. Why would he not scratch and howl and do anything he can? Why would he not walk around expecting like you ain't going to get fight? Hey, you ain't going to swing back. You're in a battle. You're in a battle. Now you think about weapons, what God has given you. God has put in the hands of a believer, the prophet will tell you, an atomic weapon, an atomic warfare, a nuclear power against the enemy. Who knows what it is off the top of your head? He said it's prayer. He said prayer in the hands of a believer. Not an unbeliever, not a make-believer, a believer is atomic warfare against the enemy. So I'll ask each one of you tonight, what do you think your prayers are doing? Do you have faith in your prayers? Do you believe that when you pray, I don't know if he's hearing, I don't know if he's listening, I don't know what's going on. Do you have faith in your prayer tonight? Amen. Do you have faith in your prayer tonight? Amen. They believe when I bow my head and I pray, I take through that faith and I pray right through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, which cleanses me from all sin and unrighteousness, and I take him right before the throne, and I know that he hears me. Amen. You have a lot of promises in the Bible about what happens during the millennium. Those same promises available to you right now. He said, before you call, I done heard you. And before you sent it, I done sent my answer. How do you believe in your prayer tonight? Do you have a prayer life? I've shared with you many times that, that Satan, he'll fight you all day long to keep you off your knees. He'll do all day long, every single thing. Now you have a phone call. Now you have an email. Now someone knocks on your door. Now this is too loud. Now this, 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 and this. All these things to keep you from entering into that environment of prayer. See, you're a different kind of believer. You're a different kind of army. You're a different kind of soldier in the army of the Lord. What you do is you have the ability to move from this realm into that realm. 
You have the ability because this is the wrapping up of all the ages. Time is, all these things are, are blending together. He is here. The Lord God himself is here. And because he's here, you have the ability to leave this dimension and blend into that dimension. It's a fact. Absolute fact. So if the Lord put in my heart for a sermon, whatever he lets you get to about what a veil is. Do you understand that, that in the outer court, you had a veil as it come to the inner court? You had a veil from there to the Holy of Holies. Outer court, inner court, the Holy of Holies. You think about that veil's job. Think about the veil, the curtain's job. Think about it now. On one side, it's in the inner court. But on its other side, it's in the Holy of Holies. The prophet will tell you, you're citizens of two worlds. You're citizens of two worlds. You should be looking a little funny. You should be a little odd. You should seem awkward to other people. You're citizens of two worlds. I pray with all my heart that you're surrendering and dedicating your life to where you're spending more time over there than over here. That's my prayer for you, that you're surrendering all that you are. And what that surrender it does, it ushers you right into the Shekinah glory, the presence of the Elohim, the great and mighty God at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. I heard Brother Wayne, he preached this, this last weekend for Brother Sean up here in, in, in um, Virginia. And he made a statement, and I love this. He was talking about them being in a tent because that's where they have a tent meeting. And it was apparently it was cold outside. They had these umbrella heaters on the inside. And he said, we've been having an issue with condensation, with it dripping into the tent. Because it's cold outside, it's hot inside, it creates a moisture barrier from what's going on, on the outside is dripping on the inside. All that tent was was just a veil, was just a fabric. And what was happening on the inside was coming through to the inside. The Lord Jesus would describe it like this. He said, the kingdom of heaven has come nigh thee. The kingdom, oh, that don't mean nothing. Come on, somebody scream out. The kingdom of heaven has come nigh thee. You remember when Jesus was telling his disciples, you go out two by two, you walk in this house, you walk in this city. If they will not receive you, you tell them that the kingdom of heaven has come nigh thee. If they will not receive you as you leave, you kick the dirt off your souls because they're not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Satan's like, it's no big deal. It's just the new birth. It's just the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's just the ushering in you being a citizen in that world. There's a beautiful quote from the, the message, The Power of Transformation. But Rams in his opening statements, he's talking about what this word, what this Holy Ghost, what this truth, what's this light, this presence, this atmosphere, this anointing that God has for your day. He said what it creates is called a faith civilization. Faith civilization. And I've kind of worn you out in the last few months on the threefold purpose of God. One, that he would reveal himself to you. Two, that he would get preeminence amongst his people. Three, that he would restore his kingdom to its rightly position. My goodness. Hebrews 4, verse 12. It'll be a faith civilization. I love that, Charity. Put that back up. Let me read that. It'll be a faith civilization. He said, his own great kingdom that is to come will have a civilization. It'll be not anything like this. It won't be by size. It'll be a faith civilization by the word. Faith civilization by the word. Well, no, it's only the word. Or then you have, it's only by faith. No, you got to have both of them. 
one don't work without the other. You only just kind of stutter and putter out and just p- 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 nothing. We're not looking to hover around this world like a bunch of chickens. We're looking to take straight up. Amen. We're looking. And I love in the message, um, what is it? um, it's not future home. It is future home. But I'm talking about all that he preached at the end of it. He said, now, it's kind of like this. He said, say you got two Cadillacs. Both of them just rolled right off the line there at GM. And they're both perfect, perfect tires, perfect motor, perfect all these things, the, the certain type of goose down leather seat or, or whatever it was he called it. All these perfect things. He said, and one of them is perfect as can be, but it's got no gasoline. It's perfect mechanically, perfect mechanically. Anybody know how to, does everybody know how a gasoline engine works? Okay, just for those of you who don't know, you'll love this. That what you have, you have a piston that's run on an oblong crank. It runs each piston up at different times in a certain specific order. Here's the members in particular, the functioning of God's body. Each one comes up in a particular order. You know when number eight goes up, number one ain't screaming out, it's my turn. When number two goes down, ain't nobody else going to see I told you to go down. No, it's perfect harmony, perfect harmony, perfect harmony, perfect harmony, perfect precision. The way that works is then you have this in your block coming up and down. And on here you have your head that sits on top of it. On there you have gasoline that comes through the manifold and drifts it into that cylinder chamber. On the sidewall you have a spark plug that's run off of a battery. And when that gas comes in, that spark hits it, it explodes it, shoves that piston back down so another one can come up. Think about it now. Shoves another one down so another one can come up. That's a perfect type of the church ages right there. That seed had to die and go back in the ground so you can stand up in the power of the word of this day. Perfect precision, perfectness of God. And he said that you have that perfect car sitting there with no gasoline in the tank. It doesn't matter. It can be perfectly oiled, can be perfectly lubed, have the perfect timing, all those things. But without that gasoline, you ain't going nowhere. Without that gasoline, you ain't going nowhere. It might look perfect. Oh, we've got the most perfect Cadillac there's ever been. It's this car, this model, this year, all those things. But you got to have the fire of the Holy Ghost. you got to have that explosion. See, I, I love that so much how John described when Jesus would come. He said when the Messiah comes, he won't just baptize you with water. He'll baptize you with his spirit through fire. Fire. And you see all these different people, they haven't had the fire, so they're just, well, you know, we'll just um, we'll shake your hand and we'll put our name on a book and all these different things, and they walk away living beneath their means. Living beneath their means. You've been given fire. Our God is consuming fire. I'm about to read that quote to you. Our God is a consuming fire. What kind of God do you serve tonight? Some little weak, pitiful, tiny thing. He said, am I a God afar off or am I a God right up close? I testify right now, he's a God right here. I read that quote to a few Sundays ago that wherever he is, it's tempestuous all around about him. Satan always comes around. Look at Job 1. Every time they gather together, Satan comes. Satan wants to see what's going on so you can expect your enemy to be there. Always can expect your enemy to be there. He's always there trying to come against you, trying to buffet you, trying to get this way. Because again, if he can keep you from your purpose, if he can keep you from exploding, he don't burn. He don't burn. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, for the word of God is quick. It's quick. You agree with that tonight? It's quick. You think about things in your life, and the word is a healer. 
He's a chain breaker. He's a deliverer. He's a lifter of your head. Your enemy tells you all the time, and maybe you don't fight the same enemy I do. My enemy tells me all the time, this is never going to get no better. It's always going to be this way. Nothing's ever going to change. It will be this way until you just self-destruct and everybody moves away. That You fight the same enemy I fight? See, the Bible, I just quote it to you, the Word of God is quick. See, Satan will tell you, it's this, it's this, it's this. But once you enter into what God has for you, that's all done. Just that quick. Just that quick. Paul will describe it in 1 Thessalonians 4 about the rapture being the moment and the twinkling of an eye. But you don't understand. I've had this pain for 20 years. I've had it 30 years. I've had it two years. Whatever it might be, I've had that pain. Yes, but he's a healer. He's a healer. He's a healer. He's the only one can heal. He's the only one that can do it. Satan can't promise you nothing. Satan can't promise you nothing but a cold, dark grave. That's all he can promise you. The word of God is quick and powerful and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Any two-edged sword. I shared that with you a couple services ago about there in Eden and that sword the cherubims are holding their hand. It's flaming fire and it turns every which way. Now, if you've ever been in the, the, the chaos of a war, you can imagine, at least had an image or picture of it, you're not just fighting straight ahead. Your enemy will attack you every which way you can. You've got to keep swinging. You can't sit down. You can't put it up. You've got to keep marching forward. The prophet would say that in our day, the message of the Holy Ghost to this day is not cry unto me. He said it's speak and go forward. Speak and go forward. Speak and go forward. It is not cry. It is not murmur. It's not complain. What do you need? What do you need? Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. He said it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, <clears throat> piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and a spirit. Soul and spirit. You know you need a new soul, a new spirit? I need a new spirit. Get rid of that old, that old crusty thing, that, that old hard-hearted, all of those things to be separated from that elected seed gene soul that was in you. You understand that? That before your heart become pliable before the Holy Ghost, before your heart becomes soft and gentle to him, that you had a hard heart? Amen. Am I preaching a bunch of angels tonight? You had a hard heart, that things would make you hard and callous and all these things, and you get hard, and you're in danger of now, right now, very this second, Satan trying to make your heart hard again, every second of the day trying to make you have a hard heart again? But he said, I'll take away your stony heart and give you a fleshy heart soft, pliable. That way when he moves, you notice. That way when he moves, you notice. That's what I want for every person in this church. When he moves, we notice. I've shared that with you so many times about the, the Welsh revival. They said that the tiniest little thing that God did, the tiniest little thing set their hearts on fire. And I've also shared with you what kicked it off? What got it started? Said a little woman was in the back of the room. She started screaming out, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And it set that whole area on fire for God. And you, of course, will see the enemy. See, she's just a Pentecostal. She's just in the flesh. She's just all uh, hysterical. Brother Bram said all the time, they say you're just hysterical. He would tell you, I'm not getting beside myself, which means outside of your brain. So you're just not doing the perfect straight way. He said, no, he moves me. He moves me. He's what I want to move me. 
And you notice I don't go to baseball games. I'm not against football, baseball, those things. I don't do those, but I want him to move me. I noticed, I, I've shared that with you before, that in the church that I grew up in, that they were, a lot of them really, they, you get them in church, they hardly say much at all, but you take them to a ball game, you take them to a ball game, they come back hoarse. Well, they're just being Pentecostals at a ball game. No, it's what excited them. It's what got their heart moving. See, I don't want that. I don't want nothing of this world to catch my attention. I only want him to catch my attention. He's why I am. He's why I am. I only want him to move me. Now, these are basic, fundamental maintenance of the body of Christ. Is to say, surrender before the Lord. To stay gentle before the Lord. To stay your heart open before the Lord. Because if your heart gets hard, if you get a root of bitterness in you, it pulls you back from him. We we can testify. It pulls you back from him. I don't want that. I want to be so close, I can't tell where I stop and he begins. I want to be so close, I can't tell where I stop and he begins. And I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. You think about that, that Paul would say in the way that's called heresy, so I worship the God of my fathers. Brother Ram talked about in his day, he said they put that filthy, dirty name on us, called us holy rollers. He said that's evil. That's evil. He said the Spirit of God is moving on someone and they would call you a holy roller. Brother Ram said that's evil. That is not the Spirit of Christ to make someone be critical about that. And I love that he told about the first time that ladies got to dance in his church. And he's thinking back. Brother Bram said, I was sitting in the seat of the scornful. I was sitting. He said, your pastor was sitting in the seat of the scornful. The prophet, I believe he's the prophet of our day. He said, he was sitting in the seat of the scornful saying, God, why you let them do that here? Why you let them do that in my church? The prophet. And he said, why are you doing that? He said, then I got to thinking, wait a minute. In the Bible, they only dance when they had victory. They only dance when they had victory. Now you watch the devil steal your victory. The devil will take your victory. He'll tell you you got no victory. You got nothing to dance about. You got nothing to shout about. At the very least, he redeemed you. He redeemed you. At the very least. You think about our brother John sitting there before the throne, saw his name on the Lamb's Book of Life. John got a little bit beside himself. He got a little bit beside himself. He wasn't over there and he's like, nobody heard nothing. No, everybody heard him screaming, my name is there. I I love that the prophet would say, you can't pour gas on Sister Presley sitting there and throw a match at her and expect her to sit there and say, glory to God, blessed be. He said, you can't do that. He said, when that Holy Ghost comes on fire, you come alive. And you can't sit still. You can't just be there. You got a Lord. God, I got to give you praise. I got to give you praise. He said, so I got out of the seat of the scornful and I jumped up and I joined her. He said, I don't even know what happened. And I'm dancing before the Lord. Amen. Yes. Must have been a Pentecostal prophet. No, must have been a Pentecostal. I mean, he just needed the word. That's probably all he needed. I don't mean to be facetious. This isn't the person saying this. This is your enemy saying this. Now, I've had to watch in my heart, in my spirit, as I've watched God starting to move, Satan was trying to put a critical spirit on me and trying to say, is that really God? And then I would miss my opportunity. I wouldn't miss my opportunity. This is victory. It is victory. It's a sign of victory. Why would your enemy not want you stuck in your chair? Why would he not want you your mouth shut and your hands in your pockets? Why would he not? You must not fight the same enemy I fight. 
I've got it in this Bible that I have. I've, I've showed you. I love the, a lot of the different uh, descriptions of each chapter, of each book when you come into them. And you get in the book of Amos. And Amos is a beautiful, beautiful prophetic book. And at the very top of it, it's talking about where the heart of Israel was at that moment. The heart of Israel was at that moment. They had things going good. They were very blessed. They had all these bountiful things. But in all of those things that come up on them, they would not bow. They would not bow. But we're blessed. We have all these blessings with God. Show him. Say thank you. Hit your knees. Say thank you. It ain't God keeping you in your chair. It ain't God keeping you in your chair. It's your enemy keeping you in your chair. Word of God is quick and powerful. Quick and powerful. Verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. It is the flaw of man. It is the flaw of a human to think when no one's watching, they can get away with something. That when no one's listening, they can say what they want. They think when no one's hearing their thoughts, they can think what they want. That is the flaw of a human. That is the flaw of every human. Did you commit your first lie? Did you say it? I mean, your first thing you stole, did you make sure CNN could watch you? Did you make sure they had cameras on you? No, you did it hiding. Did you first this, first this, any of these things, you were hiding in it. Let's go back to Garden of Eden. They made that mistake. They made that sin. God comes around and they're hiding from him. As if they could hide. As if they could hide. You watch how that the devil will do you in a church. So you get an ought against a brother or sister and, and he'll tell you, well, don't, you just, you know, it's no big deal. You just, you just, mm, mm, mm. I, again, something Brother Wayne said I really liked that he said years ago, he said he'd come out living in Arkansas and on an evening you'd see snakes out in the yard. And he said if you run to grab a chopping hole, something to kill it, that snake will go into anything it can to hide. A pile of tin, thick bit of grass, anything he can to hide. That snake will find. He said Satan's the same way. Satan will get stuck in an offense, in a complex, in anything he can and get there and you might not even know what's there. You might not even know what's there until the next offense Everything's going good. Here's this one little tiny thing. Again, we're in an army. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. Now, if you don't like me calling these things out, then maybe we need to pray for you. If you don't like me calling these things out, maybe we need to pray for you. Because it ain't the spirit of Christ that has a problem with calling them out. It's the one that's hiding it's the thing that's hiding, has a problem with it. I said that a few weeks ago about if you won't say amen to the word and only say, say amen to something you agree with. That way I know that if you don't agree with it, you didn't say amen, so I know you don't agree with it. Simply basic. And about casting out a deaf and dumb spirit. If you're not hearing the word, because your heart should have amen the word. I'm not talking about screaming me out, shouting. Just to say, I believe that. I believe that. That's true. That's, that's, that's for me. It's basic, but the prophet will teach you watering the word, watering the word. And if you're not hearing the word and not saying amen, you got a deaf and dumb spirit on you. And if it offends me, to t- if it offends you for me to tell you you got a deaf and dumb spirit on you, then it's not the spirit of Christ, it's on you. 
It's a deaf and dumb, unclean spirit that needs to be cast off. Basic warfare. You're not exempt. You're not exempt. Not one of us are exempt. The prophet would say that he'd have prayer lines, cast demon after demon after demon after demon off. He said as he went home that night, they fought him all the way home. All the way home. Brother Jonathan shared that testimony when he was here about years ago that he was in another country down South America that there was this person that he cast a demon off that night. He said he fought me when I got on the way to the house. He said when I got home, he said that thing come up on the outside of his window is almost like a big black sheet hanging there just looking at him. Scare you to death too. It'd scare you to death too if you saw something like that. Wouldn't know what to do. Wouldn't know what to say. It's just real war. It's just real war. Now, <clears throat> whatever that thing did three Sundays ago, it caused such a conflict between me, Joseph, and Bethany. Whatever it did, it caused such a conflict. We had our fellowship over here. We stepped outside. We talked about it. Things got better. Come back inside. Had fellowship. Had peace. Everybody left. We talked just for the rest of a while. Everybody left. We come back over. Joseph and, and Bethany was there. We started to talk about it, just trying to see what had happened. And here it come right back in again. No peace. Could not find a solution. Could not find peace nowhere. It was right here back up. Right there. Right there in that building. So we finally get talking about it, and we finally seem to get it calmed back down. About an hour goes past. Here it comes right back up again. This hairy, ugly thing. Bethany goes home. I go to the bathroom. She goes home. I step outside. Me and Joseph and Emma were talking. We step outside of the door of the fellowship hall, shut it behind us, and it has no more effect. Just like that. I'd been mad. I stepped outside the door, and I wasn't mad no more. We were able to sit and talk between me and Joseph and Emma just as peaceful, just as loving, just as can be. I drove home. I sat in my truck for minutes. I had some texts to respond for work the next day. I walked up my front porch, and when I walked up my front porch, I realized I'm not mad anymore. I'm not mad anymore. And I'm thinking, is it in there? Is it in there? I understand that for years this has been used as a Methodist church. I understand that even each one of us, we come in off the world, we got things packing in with you. I understand that. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I know that the, our, our, our battles, our tests have gotten ramped up so much higher than we've ever faced before. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Come on. Got harder and harder than anyone we've ever faced before. And I got to thinking, if it's true, if those things, let's just say they've, let's say it's not our fault and that we're not picking them up by things we're doing. Let's give ourselves that much grace that we're not the ones picking them up and bringing them in. Because you're guilty of it as well. I'm guilty of it as well. So if it's, let's just say that we excuse ourselves for just a minute and say that they were here, that they are there. And now we've been here four months and now it's raising up. It's rearing its ugly head. So what caused it? What's allowed it? The best conclusion I can come to, it's went unchallenged for so long. It's went unchallenged for so long. Okay, so now if we don't give ourselves that much grace, and let's say maybe we do have things that's on us, things that are fighting us, 
coming against you. Uh, you think about what a man fully surrendered to the devil looks like. I've shared with you my cousin, it was schizophrenic, it was able to tomahawk a garden rake into a 12-foot-tall basketball goal. Super strength. All these things. I've seen that myself. So that's a man fully surrendered to the devil. What would a man or woman fully surrendered to God look like? What would a man fully surrendered to God look like? The prophet would say you'd be omnipotent. That's not negotiating with. No, you stay over there, I stay over here. No, it's destruction. Tear the kingdom down. The Bible also has a precedent for that as well. For those that will push the fight to the enemy's gates. Push the fight to his gates. So again, unchallenged. What kind of things have went unchallenged in us for so long? What kind of things that have been there in us that have led unchallenged? And you say, well, I'll deal with another day. I'll make it right another day. I'll get delivered another day. And you just walk on. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know you're not okay. You know you're not okay. You might fool somebody else, but you ain't fooling yourself. You know you're not okay. You know something's missing. You know something's wrong. We sung tonight, we have the victory. We have the victory. Now that victory is over every bit of death, hell, and the grave, and everything in between. That's what victory is. You've been brought a word in this day by the man on the left. You've been brought a word in this day to build you up where you can believe every word. Every word, not just say, I love John 3, 16. It's my favorite verse. Not just this verse. I'm not meaning to be picking, but they stick right there. There's so much of the more of the book. There's so much more of the treasures of God, the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ that's for you. No, I just take this little bit here. We'll put a period right there and we'll just sit down over here and be quiet. No, there's so much more. Don't let that demon beat you off your inheritance. Don't let that demon steal your possession. Don't let that demon take your victory. That demon is defeated in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's defeated. It's defeated. Praise the Lord. Defeated by the mighty conqueror. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have this great high priest that is passed in the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Profession, confession. It's mine. My promise. My inheritance, it belongs to me. Just to help shock you a minute, out of your reverie and the devil lulling you into something, you've been promised a well body. Right now! Not next month, not next year, not at the rapture, right now. You have been promised by the creator of heavens and earth. Right now! What's keeping you from it? What's keeping you from it? It's an unclean spirit keeping you from it. It's an unclean, slimy piece of junk from the gates of hell keeping you from your promise. Thus saith the Lord, I sent my word to heal all of your diseases. That is, thus saith the Lord. 
What do you believe? Whose report will you believe? Whose report do you believe? Amen. All things, all things naked and opened, all things. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. You have a legal right to it. Legal right to it. That makes it a legal precedent. You, you listen to me now. It makes it a legal precedent. So, for example, let's just pick a house. Let's say this house right here. This house don't belong to me. Let's say that house right there had my name on the title. That house right there, my name was on that title. That house belongs to me. I don't care who lives there. I don't care what's going on. It's mine. It's mine. It don't matter. I don't care if they just now packed 25,000 people in that house. 25,000 people got to go. I don't care if it's 30,000 legions of demons. They got to go. It's mine. It's legally mine. I'm not out here venturing without authority. I'm not presuming. I'm not on a limb about to cut it off behind me. I'm standing on the word of God. He said, I give it to you. Let's take something basic. He said, my peace, I give to you. He said, my peace, I give to you. That makes it legally yours. Legally yours. Belongs to me. Do you have peace right now? Are you stressed out? Are you wore out? Are you thinking all these different things? Why not? Something's taking your peace. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Bible says. The Bible says. Your confession. Your profession is mine. I wish I had time to jump over to Joshua when Caleb would come to Joshua and say, years ago, we come up to, we went in as a spy to the land and and we saw the giants. He said, yeah, I saw them. I didn't think they looked shorter than I thought they were. No, I'm looking right at the giants. I see those giants standing there and I want my mountain. I want my possession. He said, I'm 80 years old and I'm more than able today than the day we first went and surveyed it. He said, I'm more than able today. Give it to me. Now, the thing about that possession being because of the way the law of the dispersal and the inheritance worked out, everybody else got the better pick first. He was in, adopted by the tribe of Judah. So the other Israelites might have thought, yeah, I don't really want that mountain. Let's go this way. It's a lot less trouble, a lot less fighting, a lot less uh, tempestuous mornings. Caleb said, that was mine. You ain't got enough giants up there to keep me off of it. You just ain't got enough. You ain't got enough sons of Anak. You ain't got enough six-fingered demons that are going to keep me off my mountain. It's mine. He wasn't venturing without authority. He wasn't presuming. He wasn't trying to squat himself. He's like, no, this is my deed. This is my deed. It's my deed. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my deed will never pass away. You might have a deed in your lockbox. You might have a deed in your drawer at home. It will turn to dust. This one will never turn to dust. This one will create a new world for you to live on. Your legal right belongs to you. All you're doing with your confession is saying, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. I shared that with you recently. When I leave here, I'm taking my tablet with me. It's mine. When I leave here, I'm taking my Bible with me. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's that simple. It belongs to me. Do you believe it belongs to you? 
I know people that get so strung out on that song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse in line, they say, well, there's promises of the devil. They're like, ain't nobody thinking about that. I don't care about no promise of the devil. That's a curse to the devil. That's a guarantee to the devil. Oh, yeah, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. But what he has given to me is a promise, not a curse. I'm not cursed. I am promised. Satan's cursed. Every unbeliever, every transgressor that will not repent and lay their self before the altar of God and give their life to him, they are cursed. That's a guarantee. But the promises to me are yea and amen. Yea and amen. Be it unto thee according to his word. Is that too Pentecostal for you tonight? Be it unto thee according to his word. So the Son of God let us hold fast our profession. Something really struck me. Brother William was preaching Saturday night. I can't remember which scripture he was reading out of. Was it Numbers? He was talking about the sacrifice. I never saw that before, about the red heifer and about the way it was burned and the way it had to be sprinkled. I know all those things, but one thing that made it really, really special to me that they had to take it at that point and put it into a clean place. That blood, that offering, that sacrifice had to be put into a clean place. You can't keep it in your garage, in your dumpster, in your trash can, in your toilet. It had to be put into a clean place. That, remember, you read that Friday Saturday night as well? So you think about what God, your high priest, and the Lord Jesus Christ did for you. He took that sacrifice and went straight to the throne. He went straight to the mercy seat. There's nothing clean here. He took it there, the cleanest there is. And he put it there, and it's there until you don't need it no more. You don't need it no more. See, again, people struggle with the lion of the tribe of Judah having stepped forth, the lamb himself, come off the mercy seat. And they say, well, there's no more mercy. The door's over. The door's closed. That's not true. The prophet taught, my prophet taught, that you have mercy as long as you need it. See, that's directly contrary to your enemy. The enemy's told you a thousand times, okay, God might have forgave you before you give your heart to God, but nothing after. Anything after that, it's open dibs. Has he not told you that? He's told me that. Yeah, he forgives you that before, but he won't forgive you again. That's a lie. That's a lie. You have mercy because he gave you mercy. He's not like Satan. You realize that he's not like Satan? Ooh, look how pretty. Look how pretty. Nope, not you. As long as it's needed. See, he also said, he put all these names, these people, these loved ones, my people, into my hand, and I won't lose a one. See, the other doctrine makes you think he'll lose one. He won't lose one. See, again, we're all sitting here this morning. I have only was born in 1980. I wasn't born during the seals being preached, all those things like that. I was born at the end of the half hour of silence. But so many other people that have been since that time have been saying constantly, when will the rapture happen? Why has it happened? What's going on? What's happening? What's all these different things? And most of them, a lot of times, give up in loose heart. They faint. They fall back and don't understand why has it not happened? Why has it not happened? A timetable was never given. You realize a timetable was never again. When Revelations 10, uh, 6 happens, he said this mighty angel come down. He put his feet upon the land and upon the sea, and he said that time will be no more. That translates into the delay will be no more. 
We think, well, I guess there's a delay because it ain't happened yet. No, there's a purpose and a reason between all of this. It is not just to say, okay, I've called your name. Your name's on the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name's on the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name's on the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name's, okay, now we've got all these people. Now we've got all these things done, and the Lion of the tribe of Judah is here. Now we just wait for the rapture. That's not what Malachi teaches. That's not what Malachi teaches. The Bible said that in Malachi that you will be raised up and trained as calves in the stall. Calves in the stall. You'll be trained. It's not just in doctrine and word and life. It's trained how to live here. You realize that? It trains you how to live here. I've seen so many people for so many years say, oh, I just want to go home. I can't wait for this. I can't wait. And I'm not disputing about that place. Please don't let me seem like I'm diminishing it to you. But I'm talking about while you're here, you have a purpose. While you're here, you better get to work. While you're here, you better get to moving what God has for your life. You're done. Otherwise, you're holding up the rapture. The prophets say, we ain't waiting on God. God's waiting on you. That's what he said. We ain't waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Oh, for us all just to come to the message. That's only the starting point. That's like the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That does not get you up on the road. Now, tomorrow when you get up, die again. Tomorrow when you get up, die again. The next day, die again. The next day, die again. Surrender your life. Surrender your life. Keep eating the book. Let it change you from the inside out. Jesus gave that parable how the, the kingdom of heaven, he said, will be like a drop of leaven. And you take that leaven and you put it in a bag of wheat and it will turn that entire bag of wheat into leaven. See, that's transformative power. That's transformative power. So if the kingdom of heaven, which is the new birth, which is also the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if the kingdom of heaven coming into you is that new birth and it changes you, starts on the inside, working toward the outside, working toward the outside, that it's just taking this old sinful body, this, this person that I was, and from the inside, outside, cleaning my life up. I shared that with you a few weeks ago. I didn't, had never thought, really studied much in that area, but I come across a quote where the Ram was talking about the Matthew 28, 19, where he said, go and baptize the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. And Brother Ram says that God didn't put those things in there just for fun, just for, you know, whatever. He said everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. You are to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Basic truth. That happens. First day it was spoken. The first day those words were spoken, 3,000 people give their heart to God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. First day. What Brother Bram was saying, that Peter was given the inoculation. Peter was given the formula. What shall we do to be saved? Oh, that's easy. Acts 2.38. Believe, repent, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall. You shall. Are you sure it works, Peter? Are you sure? Let's do it. Here's the Holy Ghost. Just like that. So, of course, Satan is going to try to tear that apart. Of course, he's going to say, no, 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 no. There's not one God. There's three gods. And what we must do is we must honor that God and that God and that God. And, and that way that we all become pagans. Now, there is one. There is one that has a purpose. So what the prophet was talking about that in Matthew 20 and 19, in the attribute of the Father, in the attribute of the Son, in the attribute of the Holy Ghost. And he said he ever so gently, ever so sweetly, takes those attributes and walks through your life and cleans you up bit by bit. He takes that attribute and that attribute and that attribute and at the end of it, he says she's clean. She's clean. Matthew 17, they saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. They said his clothes shine brighter than the light, whiter than any fuller soap could whiten them. 
that any fuller soap can wipe the made him shine. That's what that does. There is a process. There is a purpose. Jesus said that straight is the gate. He said straight is the gate. Water. Straight is water. You have that basic part of being a believer that you found this and you take care of that. Then you have the basic part of being a message believer. Yes, I believe God sent a prophet in our day. Set you a little bit closer. Why did he send him? Well, God sent him and God used him. And through that, God healed so many people. So you know what? That confirms to my heart that Isaiah 53 is true, that God is a healer. That in that same thing that, that many dead were raised, many dead were raised, that proves Mark 16. Keep moving. What else? This part, this part, this part. And then that third pull brings you all the way up to the opening of the word. The revelation of the seventh seal, first through six, hits the seventh, and it opened you up to Christ. It opened you up to a relationship with him. Now, I don't know what you think about him, but I love him. He's the only reason why I breathe. He's the only reason why I get up in the morning. He's the only reason why I exist is for him. All my life is his. All of my skin, my bones, my thought, my all that I am, my wallet, my car, my it's all his. It's all his. I love him. He is more than life to me. That opening of the seventh seal brings Christ into plain view. Yes, sir. Now, <clears throat> at the same time, the word is a mirror. The word is a mirror. Again, I tell you all the times, I love the simplicity of our prophet with the seventh grade education. It tells about a boy raising the farm out in the country. <clears throat> goes to town for the first time, goes upstairs to his aunt's house. There's a mirror standing there. He runs up and starts to introduce himself to the young boy and talking to the young boy and waving at the young boy. Come on now. And waving at the young boy. Look at that young boy doing this, doing this. And wait a minute, mama, that's me. The word is a mirror. If you see Christ, you see you. It is so beautiful. It's so magnificent what God has for us in this day. And it will overcome Satan every day of the week, every hour, every minute. It will beat that demon dog down all day long. But you come by the word. You come by the word. Not through a creed, not through a dogma, not through some man's doctrine. You only come by the word. And if it's in there, it's yours. You can have it. I shared that with you recently. I, I come across, I can't remember which message it was in. Brother Ram said that if, if we had um, immortal life, immortal life in a bowl, and we were to put it right here, he said on the offer in the communion table there, if we put it right there, and it got out to everybody that we had immortal life in a bowl, he said you could not keep people away from here. They would tear this building down. They would rip it apart. They would come in like hordes to get that immortal life. But immortal life keeps you here in this body, in this spirit, in this pers uh, personality. And you're open to complexes and you're open to all these attacks. And I don't want to stay here. I want that other body. Amen. That other body. And I've shared that with you before. That picture the prophet told you about that God took in you. And I'm just going to say it like this, in your prime. Because it's different for everybody else. Like I said, Glenn Webster at 18, it wouldn't help him to go back to 18 right now. Because at 18, he never had no legs. So you want to think about that. You yourself, by the time I was 18, my face had been ripped up. I had all these other scars in my body. I don't have scars in that picture. 
not just my body. I don't have no junk in my spirit in that picture. I don't have no mark on my soul in that picture. That picture is completely restored and redeemed by his blood. That's what he says about me. That's what he says about me. And again, to quote Brother Harold, I only I, I want to say what the word says about me more than I think about myself. Over anything I think about myself because I'm wrong. All day he's what's right. He's what's right. When you get up in the morning and your knees creak and your back is sore and your blood pressure's off and you're all these different things, that's a lie. That's a lie. My cousin Caleb called me Monday morning. We was talking, and he brought up that scripture where Jonah said that those that observe lying bandies, they forsake their own mercies. See, nobody's disputing that your knees hurt. Nobody's disputing your ankles hurt, that your hands hurt. We're in a body that breaks down. Nobody's disputing any of these things. Nobody's disputing that. But I will promise you, let me profess right now before you, in the presence of everyone here, Isaiah 53 is true. He sent his word and healed all of your diseases. So ain't no lying vanity going to take my confession. He ain't taking my confession. Let us therefore come boldly. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's never been a day like this day. There's never been a time. There's never been enemies poured out on you like this day. There's never been more resistance against you than this day. But the resistance has a purpose as well. It has a purpose as well. Brother Ram talked about the Revelation series about the diamond mine there in Africa he got to go see. And he tells about a big old massive weight that as their diamonds are coming in there, some of them still have some rocks and things attached being coming out of the rock. He said they have this massive 20 tons, something like that, huge weight that as it runs through there that it crushes all the stones off of it and just grinds them to powder, grinds them to powder. He said but when a diamond comes through, that diamond will kick that thing up. You must not have heard me. That diamond will kick that big thing up. It will push against it and push it out of the way. You're not right. I'm right because I'm him. The pressure only shows you who you are. The pressure only shows you where you're at right now in your walk. I shared that with you last Wednesday night. The problem is not the problem. How you react to the problem is the problem. Everything's a test for a believer. You don't get away with nothing. You don't get away with nothing. Everything is a test for the believer. If someone walks up to you right now and just nails you right in your mouth, it's not their fault. God's listening. He's looking right at your heart. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? If you fall, if you struggle with it, if you want to swing back, if you want to get mad, or if it fouls in a way in your heart and your spirit as an offense, you failed. Your response should only be in your body and your soul and your spirit Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they just did. That should be the only response the bride is emitting because that's what he emitted. He didn't, when they wrapped the towel around his head and hit him in the face, when they shoved that, shoved that throne of thorns onto his head, he didn't get a complexes. He didn't get offenses. The Bible had prophesied through the book that he'll stand there with no guile. No guile. You realize what that means? He wasn't walking going away, wait till I get my chance. Wait till I get, I'm going to repay you. No, and he can. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He's the only one that can. 
We might kill someone, and that still ain't doing nothing. That's not repaying their, for vengeance for things. It's not just. He is just. And he said, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. I was one of them. I didn't know what I was doing. I was his enemy. I nailed him to the cross. He took my stripes. He went to hell for me. That's indisputable. No argument there whatsoever. This is a fact. This is an absolute fact. This is only true. He went there for me. But because of what he did, this scripture is true. Now you can come boldly before the throne of grace for help in the time of need. You can come boldly, not as a beggar, not as a trying to petition those things. No, this is what he said, and it's mine. Let's all stand on our feet tonight. He said, this is what he said, and it's mine. I can come boldly and find grace to help in the time of need. I don't know if we have that song in there, I Want My Mountain. But it's simple enough, she can add it pretty quick. I don't know what key you would know. I want my mountain. I want my mountain. Oh, where the milk and honey flow, where the grapes of Asheville go. I want my mountain. I want my mountain. I want my mountain where the living waters flow. I want my
Thank you, Lord, for all the mercies, all the blessings you have for your people. Lord, we also thank you tonight for all the tests and the trials and burdens you have for your people. They have a purpose as well. Your prophet taught us that you can't push us through a four-inch pipe, pull us out the other side and pick us up and say, Great is he that overcomes because we've not overcome anything. But, Lord, you've... You've, you've brought us an enemy that's a worthy adversary, still just a dog on a chain, but he's doing your will, Lord. Help us to always remember that they're in a test. We're in a, in a, in a mode to be drawn closer, learn more things about us that must be laid aside, to, to seek out those weights that might easily beset us, to, to, to anything that might get shiny of the world, Lord, to, where it won't no longer catch our attention. We don't want things that are shiny. We want things, Lord, that glow with the presence of your Holy Ghost, Lord. We want your presence. We want your life. We want your anointing, Lord God. And, Lord, I, I, I believe that's what's available in our day. I, I don't believe, Lord, that you come, that, that you've opened your word, you've opened the seals, and you've come down yourself to reveal yourself, and, and now we'll just kind of just sit it out, hanging out somewhere until the rapture, Lord. I I believe you've come to get a wife that's ready, that you make us ready, that you prepared for yourself a bride without spot, without blemish. Now, just the fact that you can do that in our day and time shows what of a paradox, miracle-working God you are. Lord, there's many things in this world that would stain us, that would put a mark on us, that would be ugly, Lord God, but your grace is more than sufficient. Your blood is so cleansing, Lord. It, it's so much better than any kind of bleach, Lord God. It's so thorough. Lord, I pray you would in our hearts here tonight to help us to anything in us, Lord, that maybe we didn't even know was there, that we'd lay it before your feet. And I ask, Father, that you would take it, Lord, and, and clean it up, Lord. We want our lives to be clean and open and soft and bare before you, Lord. We, we want to know our husband. We want to be known by you, Lord. As intimate as you'll allow, Father, we love you. We adore you, Lord Jesus. We want to be changed into your very image. And your, your prophet also taught us that nothing gets there without perfect love. Lord, so we lay aside any malice. We lay aside any doubt, any hurt, Lord, any anger, any of those things, Lord. We lay it down at the feet of the healer, the one that specializes in healing broken hearts, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you're more than enough. We thank you, Lord, that you're more than enough. Help us here, Lord God. We surrender. We love you. We appreciate you, Lord Jesus. I pray you bless my brothers and sisters and help them as they go their separate ways, Lord. And even in the car ride home, Lord, that the same presence, the same atmosphere, feel that car, Lord God, that they would have that much more time, Lord God, in the same anointing. Bless them in such a special way. Touch their hearts, Lord. Touch their lives. Heal their bodies, Lord God. 
Give them rest. Give them strength, Lord God. Give them comfort. For you are the comforter, Lord. We adore you tonight. We adore you, Lord. And Lord, thinking ahead to the, the celebration that will happen here Saturday. Lord, I believe that you are still the King of Peace. And I pray, Lord God, that such a healing would happen in this room, Lord, that there's yet to been testified about on this planet. But, Lord God, I pray that you would move on every heart and surrender every life, Lord, and that we would live constantly before your very presence, Lord God, to know that, that we can't just say what we want, we can't just do what we want, we can't even think what we want. Lord, we want to think your thoughts. We want to do your will. Help us, Lord. Again, we surrender to you, Lord Jesus. Have your way in us completely. We love you so very much. And thank you, Lord, for being a miracle-working God that you still are in your holy and mighty, lovely name. Amen. Amen. He became me so that I might become him. I'm gonna see a victory. 
I'm going to see a victory for the battle Oh, when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh, and my God will never. Can we sing that one more time? My God. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm going to see. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Yes, you turn it for good. Oh, you take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. One more time. Oh, you take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you. It, It may look like I'm surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see. Are you going to see a victory tonight? For the battle. It belongs to the Lord tonight. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the battle. Can we sing the first verse one more time? No weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When 
the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh, and my God will never fail. Sing it. Oh, my God will never. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Can we sing that again? There is power in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. What's it going to do? Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Can we sing break every chain? Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. I see an army. I see an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army every chain break every chain break every chain there's a bride there's a bride she's rising up can you lift your hands to him there's a bride she's rising up oh yes we're rising there's a bride she's rising up to break every chain, 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 
There's power, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Praise Him. moment. Victory's in the moment. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. Oh, victory's in him tonight. I lift my hands and bow my knees and worship at your The more you take control, oh, the more that I can humble myself, the more you lift me up every day I live. Lord, I love you more. Sing the more that I surrender. standing on solid ground and I know I'm headed 
to my future home. The voice I hear is yours alone. Every day I live and Lord, I love you more. The more sins surrender, the more that I surrender, the lighter my Lord. The more that I release my cares, the more you take control. The more that I can humble myself, the more you lift me up. Every day I live, Lord, I love you more. Oh, the problems I had on yesterday are mere stepping stones to a higher face so awesome to me are now my banners of victory and I know I'm headed to my future home and the voice I hear is yours alone every day I live Lord I love you more the more that I surrender the more that I surrender the lighter my load, the more that I release my cares, the more you take control. Oh, the more that I can humble myself, the more you lift me up. Every day I live. Let's sing it one more time to him. The more that I surrender, the lighter, the lighter my load. The more that I release my cares, the more you take control. The more that I can humble myself, the more you lift me up. Every day I live, Lord. Every day, every day I live, Lord, I love you more. Falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. Can we sing it again? Sing, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus, oh yes. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever. Can we sing in his arms? Oh, in his arms. 
testify of it tonight there's nothing like the presence of the Lord there's nothing like the presence oh nothing like the presence nothing like the presence of oh are you healed oh I am presence. Oh, I am healed in His presence. Oh, I'm forgiven. I am not the same. I am changed forever in His presence. I am free. Oh, I am Forgive us. 
King, there's nothing like the presence, nothing like the presence, nothing like the presence of my Lord. There's nothing like the presence, oh, nothing like the presence, nothing like the presence of. Let's sing, I am free.
forgive her, Father, for that she has kept her heart from you all these years. And I pray, Lord, that from this moment on, Lord God, that she would walk in a light and a life with you like she never dreamed to be, that you would catch her right now and pour her out that muck and mire and whatever junk she's in and set her free. I say, how the hell give way in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Set her free, Father. Explain it.
potential that they'd be a part of this
it is to be in his presence what it does to your life what a mighty God we serve I was thinking earlier as we were singing that song how much that make him smile yes they are yes they are I heard a brother say recently that the eyes about that scripture the eyes of the Lord run over and over the earth looking for someone to believe his word you're here you're here I believe him I believe his word. I want all of his word. I don't want part of it. I want all of his word. That word changes our body. That word changes our spirit. That word is rapturing our soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got the, 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 the celebration of life, the, the, the joyous occasion for mom to remember her in and and again, we are not sorrowing those that have no hope. 
We might be sad because we miss her just for a few days. Because we'll miss her for just a few days. And then we'll be stepping on that shore with her. There are those standing here that will not taste death. That you will be translated from here to there. And moments like this, this is just, the prophet would tell you, this is just proof of the resurrection. This is proof of the rapture. To have this kind of an atmosphere created. This ain't done by some work up or emotion. This is the presence of the Lord. And in my sight, I say it's glorious. It's glorious. Well, we've got that at at, at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Be in prayer for that. Um, we, we'll have a lot of folks here, so we'll have, uh, we'll have the deacon seating everybody. We'll have some extra chairs set out. Um, so be in prayer for that service. You, you heard my, my heart cry earlier that, that God will let this be such a, a, a room packed full of love. That anything that was in the past, that it stay in the past. It'd be healed, it'd be forgiven, it'd be forgotten and buried in the sea of God's forgetfulness. And that we would walk on from this day forward, no more chained down with that junk, but healed in the presence and the love of God. That's my prayer. God bless you tonight. You are dismissed. That I have all the world did give it to me. Oh, this joy that I to me well and the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away this peace oh i'm singing this peace that i have well the world didn't give it to me oh this peace that i have oh the world didn't give it to me oh this peace that i have the world didn't give it to me and the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away i'm singing this power i have well the world didn't give it to me oh this power that i have oh the world didn't give it to me oh this power i have the world didn't give it to me And the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away.